Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to the latest phase of obsession over Trump indictments, where once again CNN and MSNBC go wall to wall, except for the few minutes when Trump actually speaks. That can't go live. He cannot be trusted to speak freely. Why? Because CNN and MSNBC viewers are apparently sensitive babies who are still crying on their knees. Kevin Tober reports CNN was complaining Trump was going to use the photo to his advantage. Well, why shouldn't he, since CNN and MSNBC have been trying to use it to their advantage? Pander to the base, pander to the base, pander to the base. Hey, did you see this tweet from the grifters at the TDS Lincoln Project? When CNN put the mugshot on screen at some bar or concert hall and a group of haters just bounced and yelled like they were at a Penn State game and there was a touchdown, that's our little nod to the honeymooning hawks in Mexico. I hope the weather on his honeymoon's better than my Mexican honeymoon. It rained for days. Joining us today on the podcast, Nick Night Train Fonda Caro, associate editor, here in his Jets, Jets, Jets t-shirt. <laughs> Thanks for having me on in a choo-choo. And actually, my parents also had a, a Mexico uh, honeymoon in Mexico, and they got to meet Mike Tyson in the hotel. before This was before the tattoo, and I'm pretty sure before he bit the dude's ear off. Well, um, I believe my wife and I... Uh, tried to organize getting a, a, we sent uh, her parents to Mexico uh, may they rest in peace that wasn't they didn't die in Mexico but they did get sick so when we sent them we were like go to Mexico it's great food poisoning you forgot to tell them not to drink the water <laughs> well Nick let's start with what you've been working on today uh, mm. on the mugshot 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 and we'll go back to some of the other stuff but the uh, CBS uh, with uh, Nate Burleson, mm -hmm. former NFL wide receiver. They had to go toward making fun of Trump saying he was 6'3", 215. Don't they have a scale at the jail? Yeah, like because the number that Trump self-reported was that he was 6'3", and 215 pounds. That's definitely a mm. bit generous for his self-reporting. <laughs> I, I, but they I, said what? Joe's yeah. got to be 280. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joy King was, or not, uh, Gail King was basically just like, like, they, they were sort of making jokes about him, comparing him to NFL players, like his height and weight. And she just sort of got, like, fed up with even pretending to go along with, like, th this thing of, like, ooh, look how healthy he is. She's just like, I, I would have put money down. Like, she would have put money down that he was 280 pounds, at least. Okay. Can we weigh Joy, with, or uh, I'm sorry, can or, we can we weigh Gail, Gail. King? Well, she, can we can we do can we measure her hips around? She she did make fun of herself a little bit to oh. be fair because she did go. Uh, I, I would have have bet at least two eighty. That's what I would have bet if he weighs two fifteen. I weigh one hundred two. Okay, <laughs> okay. So yes. she did. She she did manage to do that. Uh, it, but, I think it was. I was still in the nineteen eighties when I weighed two fifteen. But the uh, uh, I am I am six three and a half. I don't think when you Google Trump's height, it, I think he's six one. He's definitely, you know, a taller guy. Yeah, because when they were having the conversation, I think he was either six one or six two. Because they did say, "Oh, he grew an inch." 
So, yeah. so I think he, he's supposed to be coming in at 6'2". Well, this but is part of the glee, though. Exactly. All of this that, is like, part of the glee. Oh, yeah, because the other thing, too, is like this segment where they did this, this came 40 minutes after they did their their opening their opening story was obviously Trump turning surrendering himself in Georgia and the mugshot and all this and then 40 minutes later during their uh what to watch segment they did this which is like oh this important thing you should watch is, is let's make fun of Trump's weight and it, you know, I think the interesting part for me was when they basically reported I guess this was me listening to today's show for a minute this morning that he was there for like 20 minutes you know, they got the whole thing done in like 20 minutes. And I thought, that's way less time than these people are going to spend on this visit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like you you had some of them sort of being gleeful, like being like, oh, he, he might be spending a little bit of time in this prison. This prison where inmates have died and it's being investigated by the feds for abusing the inmates. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Nicole Wallace was sort of chortling a little at a little the idea bit. of him going to some deadly jail. This is where you're like, yeah. Earth to Jake Tapper, there's a lot of glee out there. And for you to get all upset at the idea that people are going to have glee, I mean. Accused of having glee, yeah. I mean, they, everyone knows that that's what CNN and MSNBC's base is all about. They're all jumping around. One of the things they should be doing is because like a lot of them note this as part of it. Then they should be doing follow-ups report being like, oh, this this has been going on for a while this show. Let's sort of dig in and see what's actually happening here. And like they'll, they'll just use it as a point to like go against Trump and be like, oh, this is where he has to turn himself in. But, well, let's do the follow-up report being like, well, how long has this investigation been going on? Who's being investigated? How like What are the names of the people that have died? Say their name, right? And I think they don't – our ancient point is they don't yeah. point out that Fonnie Willis – is an elected Democrat. Exactly. That, that, that's not there. And then I guess what's it, going around Twitter this morning is that her her campaign manager really, really loves Biden and hates Trump. Uh, and so that that might be worth investigating, but they're not going to do that. I think, Nick, that the, the mugshot, there's something really perfect about them being mm -hmm. so excited about the mugshot because they have always looked at Trump as a criminal, not a criminal defendant, but a criminal. And they have always suggested he's guilty until proven innocent. So that's where, to me, oh yeah, the mugshot's sort of a perfect metaphor. Mm -hmm. But this is the whole problem is they, they can't acknowledge this is merely an indictment. That's not a guarantee that it's going to turn out to where they'll be celebrating some more. Exactly. Because one one of the things is, too, is like we I would see this on The View a lot, too, coming from Sonny in particular, where she will treat either an indictment or even being accused as – that's all the evidence we need to just call you a criminal. And this is from somebody who was a federal prosecutor, which is disturbing. Yeah, and she it, knows better. Yeah, it's absolutely disturbing. And, like, maybe somebody might want to look at her, any of her past cases to see what she's been doing, if she's willing to do stuff like this. If, he, if we said Hunter Biden's a criminal, yeah. the fact checkers would all pounce. This is th That's the, the, the disadvantage that we're working with. So... Uh, we were watching in the hours leading up to the debate, uh, they had released uh, mug shots of other uh, defendants in mm -hmm. the Fonnie Willis investigation. And uh, uh, right up to the debate, like right before the debate, Chris Hayes was having a, <laughs> I love the look of this, this indictments, the assumption of guilt. Uh, so, uh, Bill mm -hmm. D'Agostino went to work and looked into just 
how much time CNN and MSNBC did, uh, how much mug shotting they did on screen. He did a hundred. He counted up that for each one of the mug shots, they used like uh, they they went to the mug shots 188 times, <laughs> leading up to the debate. So that's in the 24 hour in 24 hours. They went they they had him up on the screen 188 times. Again, these these are these are people who are not Trump himself. These are Rudy, like the biggest profile name on here is like Rudy Giuliani, right. Mark Meadows, and then some of his lower like some lower level staffers, some of his lawyers that again, some like some of them are bigger names that you'd recognize like Cindy Powell and right. and but but for a lot of them it's people that uh, most Americans just won't recognize their names are or, or most not known to most people. Not known to most people, unless you're like really following White House intrigue, White House. Yeah, like this like, guy's a Republican rep- leader in Coffee County, Georgia. You don't know any of these guys, and then of course on Twitter they're putting like funny makeup on these people's mug shots. I mean, the glee is certainly there on mm-hmm. left wing Twitter, and CNN and MSNBC act like their audience is left wing Twitter. Oh, that, that that's exactly what it is too. It's because they they they. At least back in the day when they had the actual verification badges, that they, they would definitely do a lot of stuff just so they can get props and score points with their friends. Well, now they can get some money. But uh, yeah. <laughs> happy day under Elon. Yeah, so Bill found MSNBC uh, had about twice as much uh, mugshot exploitation as CNN. Yep. They showed the mugshots 122 times for a total of 56 minutes, 23 seconds. Mm-hmm. CNN, 66 times of mugshots, 27 minutes and 12 seconds of screen time. But that's, again, you don't need to show it that much to explain what's going on. And it also just shows you how many hours they're spending just endlessly talking about Fulton County. Yeah, exactly. And... The, the the Trump stuff like Trump like now that they have Trumps it's gonna be way way worse it's just gonna be pla- like I'm surprised like that this morning we didn't have like you know how they used to have like the counters and the timers in like the lower corner they didn't just have like a picture of Trump in the corner permanently when so when they're not even talking about him it's there but um, yeah I think you're right I I imagine that if I mean it's a this is where they're like well guys aren't you going to follow up and do Trump's numbers and it's like we could but it's going to be it, it's, way it's a worse lot of work. Uh, it's uh, a lot of work but I, I think yeah. also you can argue this was or is the former president of the United States so that's yeah. a little different than the mm-hmm. Republican party leader in Coffee County or even Rudy it's not on the same dimension the other angle here though is if you watch Fox or Newsmax today, you're going to see a lot of the mugshot. You might see it on the mugs and the T-shirts, but I mean that mm-hmm. Trump world is enjoying the mugshot. Oh yeah, as the, well. The, so, the mug on the the mugshot on the mug. But now they're upset. Like yeah, CNN, CNN in particular, they were really upset. They were <laughs> they were like, oh my god, he's going to use this to campaign. And you had some people this morning sort of sort of judging how smart it was. Or how strategic it was, like how poor, poorly strategic it was from like the Fulton County people to actually release it or have him take a mugshot at all. Because once the mugshot is taken, they have to release it because that's part of their open transparency. Yes, yeah, so I guess that that's but, the political equivalent was when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. They had a lot of that's 
at the at the same time, I, w- I was thinking like how like once the picture came out, like what was it like in the offices of MSNBC and CNN? Were they just like print like were there printers in the offices going nonstop with like this photo so they can make put like dartboards up yeah. or something like that? Or like how long until we start seeing the like the novelty toilet paper with the mugshot on it? Yeah, like like with yeah. Obama back in the day. They did that for Obama back yeah. in the day. I I you know this is one of those areas where I'm like. All right, that's still too uncivil for me. I don't right. know about anybody else, but, but well, it's I that, mean it's funny. I guess it's one of those things you you know put in a gag gift at a Christmas party. Yeah, and but that that's part of my point is that like everybody is going to be trying to use the image for yeah. the for either a political gain, a financial gain, a political boost. Like everybody's going to be doing this. Yeah. For, for everybody's going to be using it for for some perspective for some perspective. I went looking just for fun, and I went and found uh, an image of some game home game version of The Apprentice, and it had a frowny picture of Trump. And I said, "Oh, this is this is kind of the same pose." Mm-hmm. Buy by, uh, by the home edition of The Apprentice. Yeah, yeah, because like. Like the other thing that I noticed too, it's like a lot of the outlets were just sort of like, oh yeah, it took us four indictments and we finally got the photo of him. But the other one, the all the other places were just like, yeah, he's like one of the most well recognizable people on the planet. We don't need to take as much out. Everybody knows who this guy is. It's like, oh, who he's in a crowd. Who could it be? Oh, the guy surrounded by Secret Service agents. Yeah, it it's certainly true that if you used mugshots to you know for for prisoners who are or. Defendants who are a flight risk—that's yeah. We wouldn't need to take one for Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, 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 you know, there's the a lot of these people. Rudy Giuliani. I think there's a lot of photos in the public domain. Is it really necessary? And then obviously, in this case, yeah, they wanted the mugshots and the other indictments and didn't get it. And that's the other thing about the about the glee of this is when they talk about the Rudy in the, the indictments of Rudy. Like, ha ha ha, he's getting charged with RICO charges, which is what he used back in the day. Yeah, and th- yeah, that's true. And yeah, uh, the Wall Street Journal editorial page said we were against it when Rudy did it. We're still against it now. So some people can say, I'm a, they're going to have some, uh, you know, praise themselves for their consistency. But yeah. uh, some people do. They change their change their charges based on what they're doing. This has been something that Fonnie Willis uses routinely. Um, and it's because she says she likes to use RICO charges to build a story. It's like, again, this is a prosecutor who's trying to feed the media. I mean, this oh, is yeah. not just about trying a case in court. This is about feeding the media. This is about somebody who, let's just guess, wants to be governor of Georgia someday. Mm-hmm. Or a senator. Or a senator yeah. or something. Yeah. A, um... Or she could work her way up to being a vice presidential nominee. Oh, if she's uh, incompetent enough, Nick, she could <laughs> she could be press secretary. Uh, but don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but don't. But she 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 could be she could be either press secretary or work her way out to be a VP. But don't ever claim that the per that she that if if if, her, if the person she's a VP for is too old. Because, old. Let's yeah. yeah. We'll jump ahead to that. We were, yeah. we wanted to talk about the debate, but now that we brought that up, one of the things that Nick found yeah. was. The uh, George Stephanopoulos getting cranky at Nikki Haley. Now, this to me just underlines why George Stephanopoulos should never again moderate a Republican debate. Okay, because he clearly loses his mind at things that shouldn't be that 
uh, it shouldn't be that outraging. Let's just listen to this because he interviewed Nikki Haley after the debate. We'll go back and talk about the debate, too, in a minute. But this is the right moment uh, where uh, she basically suggests, as she's done in some of her fundraising, that the American people are going to end up with President Kamala Harris if they reelect Biden and he serves maybe until 86. Let's listen. I didn't quite understand part of your answer today. Uh, the Republican nominee likely be running against not Kamala Harris, but Joe Biden. Why would it be better to vote for a convicted felon than President Joe Biden? Well, you're assuming that he's convicted and you're assuming he's going to be the nominee, no, George. You and asked I disagree a question with that was based on that assumption and you said you would vote for him. Well, first of all, a vote for Joe Biden is a vote for Kamala Harris. You know that and I know that. There is no way that Joe Biden's going to finish his term. I think Kamala Harris is going to be the next president, and that should send a chill up every American's spine. But I also think the fact that we have a primary. Excuse me, excuse me, one second, Ambassador. How do you know that Joe Biden's not going to finish his term? What is that based on? Ask Americans, do you think he's going to finish his term? Do you think that he's actually going to finish what he started? We look at the decline he's had over the last few years. You have to be honest with the American people, George. There's no way that Joe Biden's going to finish out a next term. So some people were like, I don't know, Nick. Is he shouting? Well, he's clearly angry. He's, he's clearly trying to get her to shut up. Yeah, like, I, I'll call it shouting because, like, he elevates his voice over hers to get her to stop talking and with and there's definitely an attitude there so i i i even want to call it shouting it's mansplaining with a with <laughs> with some rage right and, and and that's the whole thing like his his whole thing of like where what what is that based on like where's your evidence uh how about he's falling asleep at the wildfire <laughs> event in maui just the other day well there's they, obviously the fact checkers are trying to dispute that and they're like well if you go to the C-SPAN video, here, check in minute 19. He looks like he's nodding off, but then he's actually nodding at what people are saying. You know, they're trying so hard. But, the, yeah, there's all kinds of evidence everywhere of him being doddering, right, of tripping over things. And, and look, when they asked him, you know, do you have anything to say to the people of Maui? And he said, no comment. Why did he say no comment? One, maybe he didn't want to ask a bunch of answer a bunch of hunter questions. Maybe that would have been what it was. But he had to know that that looked insensitive. Yeah. No comment. Then there's then there was like the the um that he was doing like a press event or whatever in the, in the Oval with like uh, I think it was like the uh, there was another dignitary world leader with him, and he was like just mumbling. They asked him a question, and his answer was just like mumbled, jumbled letters. Well, like he, we can do some recent examples. Oh, when he told when he was in Ireland and told him to lick the world. <laughs> I was gonna give him your example, which is he gets interviewed with a softball interview with Nicole Wallace and walks off the, the set, set before she goes to commercial. Oh yeah, all kinds of stuff like this. The the thing the other day where he's at Camp David with the leaders. And yeah. he walks away with the mic still attached to his lapel. I mean, there's there's all kinds of these moments, and every one of these gets screened out. Oh yeah, they all like you know every night it's like, hey Kevin, note that the networks didn't cover this. Yeah, right. Is every stupid thing that Biden does mm-hmm. or says, but uh, Trump like the well like the kitchen fire. Oh, I know you've all your family's been incinerated, but I almost you know lost my Corvette in a fire. It's a t- fire that lasted 20 minutes and nobody died. 
and was like relegated to the kitchen. But they like, didn't. They none of the networks noticed that he said something that uh, that angered a lot of people in Maui. But what they what they'll do is uh, like on uh, on a loop. They're like, oh, look, Trump caused outrage in, when he was in Puerto Rico because he threw some paper towels. Yeah, that one still boggles my mind. It's like how is is the president throwing paper towels? I guess they're trying to say it's too flippant. It's you know, he's flipping paper towels. He's flippant, uh, but it's it's. It's so silly, but this just shows you one of the major ways the media demonstrates his bias is what we call optics. Mm-hmm. So, yes, they're going to say, oh, Melania wore the wrong coat to the border. Uh, and, you know, there, there's nothing that Joe Biden can do that we'll all look at as optically embarrassing that they're going to notice. They, they just script it and screen it all out. Exactly. And, and, and those are the things that, like, and, and because they don't show it, uh, George Stephanopoulos has the, the the courage to be like, well, what's your evidence? Well, because our viewers have never seen any. Like, what? Where's yeah. the evidence? It's like, yeah, yeah, because we never show it. Them. Ex- ex- exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go back to the original topic, which yeah. is the debate. Everybody tuned in to see what was going on. Uh, despite the fact that Donald Trump and his camp tries to claim that his interview with Tucker got two hundred million views. It's it's two hundred million interactions or like engagements. It's people scrolling past it with no audio. Yeah, like because like the number now, like it used to be that like when the video has the views, it would actually be how many times people had like the video had started playing. So even then, it was a little bit inflated because you can look at the analytics and see that oh, it only went for thirty seconds, and then there's like this massive drop off on how many people are watching it all the way through. But now what it's is if somebody shares it into their somebody has it shared into their timeline and they sort of see it, they scroll past it and they don't actually watch it. It's that still counts as an interaction. You got now, you got an engagement. This is one issue. Or if somebody went and watched it a couple times, then right, it'll be like it's not unique. It's yeah, not unique. You news. can't say as they said on Newsmax this morning, it had two hundred and thirty million viewers. That's just wrong. This is one of those areas, Nick, where. Mm-hmm. We're just going to dare to say, I agree with Brian Stelter. Brian Stelter's made a big point of this on his Twitter, that this number is wrong. He's he's right that it's wrong. However, he, as you noticed, he, he also said that Fox was only going to get 4 million viewers yeah, for the debate. Yeah, because he was talking about how Fox, because like, I believe the first time Fox held a debate with, with Trump in it, they got like 25 million. He first said their number is going to get cut in half, and if he would have just left it at that, he would have been right. But of course, he needs to keep taking shots at his favorite hate object, and said they were going to get between four and five million. And let's just go with the lower one of his predictions: four million views, and they ended up getting over twelve. It was like twelve. Twelve point eight. Twelve point eight. So if he would have just stopped it at half the half the viewership, he would have been right. Well, I I imagine Nick that yeah. there was a bunch of. You know, the Trump super fans who are like, I'm not watching this. I refuse to watch this. I'm going to watch Tucker at mm-hmm. 8.55 p.m. because that's what we've been told to do. So, I mean, it it might have been if Trump had actually been at the debate. I think mm-hmm. we all know it would have been a higher number still oh, yeah, for sure. than what Fox did. But the really important thing for Republicans is that. You know, you can go into this and think the Fox moderators aren't going to be out there like George Stephanopoulos to scream at the candidates and quote unquote 
fact check them in real time. But mm-hmm. here's what I thought was interesting, Nick. They, they you're like, well, where are they going to start with? You know, we were yeah. worried they were going to start with Trump's indictments. They they started with the economy and Bidenomics. But I think the real surprise was oh, yeah. they started with the country song that's sweeping the country. Oh yeah, uh, Richmond North of Richmond. What like I I downloaded it the first day it came out on iTunes and it's it it I think it's a good song. Um, it, it, I, I do like that that Fox pointed out. It's like, hey, this this is the number one song in the country right now. It's the top of the Billboard 100. Not even out like outside of the country genre. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, it's the top song in the country right now. And they're just like, hey, this is this is sort of the mood and the voice of the country right now. And then they go to DeSantis and be like, hey, can you like like explain this frustration for the American people? And it, it's basically the whole thing is like the whole song is about just sort of government hurting the people by taxing them too much although some of them are going to say it delves into the conspiracy theories or like it's they racist it, or it's racist yeah it talks about welfare so it must be yeah. racist what yeah. who's racist in making that assumption yeah because he doesn't there's no mention of race at all they're just saying they're, it's they're, like jason aldean yeah he talked yeah. about carjacking so clearly he meant black people exactly right <laughs> like the you you claiming just just that this um innocuous comment is racist is you're the one making the connection that it's racist to race so so like that's what you think of people of of like a color right so somebody pointed out like when i when i had put um abc abc actually had finally covered and they they also claimed it was racist one of my commenters on twitter for it it goes if this is a dog whistle doesn't that make them the dog exactly i said that forever when you use the dog whistle to discuss to yeah. racists, yes, you're you're dehumanizing people. You know, it's it's worse than a white person making Mexican food. Okay, yeah, yeah but, <laughs> but 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 like with the it, like if you're the like if it's a dog whistle and you're the dog, basically the point is it's like oh so you're the one hearing the the racist. So if it is racist, then you're racist because you're able to hear it. That's a that's an, that's another way to put it. It's yeah. it, it you know NPR did a story. Nick, that basically uh, Odette Youssef on the extremism beat once again was like, yes, this is a message to far right extremists, you know, and it's like, why are we paying for this gunk? It's really kind of amazing. But anyway, at least they led with inflation. That was good. They did. They waited basically till hour two. And did about eight minutes on the Trump indictments. Yeah, because uh, yeah, because uh, uh, let's be honest. If this was a CNN debate or an MSNBC debate, oh, the, the whole first hour would have been Trump. It would have been like all all the questions would have just been like, "How loyal to Trump are you? What do you think about this?" Like, do, like each individual person, and they would have been made each individual person to like be on the record for it. But luckily, they kept it to politics and to policy, which is actually in, in the. Uh, let me see. I have it written down here oh yeah msnbc this morning when they finally got around to talking about the debate again instead of uh the trump mugshot yep. or the, the trump mugshot they literally called they, they literally said it was weird that they were talking yes. about uh policy weird yeah so so uh, uh, ali velshi basically uh he said it was weird that they were starting to have sort of what was sa- what sounded like a policy discussion while while Trump was being, uh, uh, in how dare arrested. you talk about the issues? Ex- exactly. The only issue is Trump is still here. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's and, and and he was talking with Jen Rubin, who basically makes this wild assertion, like this this. 
I'm I'm just gonna nitpick over this because she goes the entire political like talking about Republicans. She says we have an entire political party that is devoted to a criminal defendant. The fact that we have so many candidates with and if you look at the breakdowns of first choice, second choice amongst people who are voting or in Iowa where Trump doesn't have 50 percent, he has like 42, 42, 42, depending on the poll. It's 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 not the entire party. Yeah. And the what we're what the whole point of the debate is so people can see who's out there, whose ideas that they like. And this is one of the things we keep saying. They want Trump to be the candidate. They need him to be the candidate, and they won't let Republicans move past Trump as as a candidate, right? If of their own volition, if they choose Trump, then if if the party chooses Trump, they choose Trump. But they're not even going to give Republicans the opportunity to choose anybody else, which is why the night of the debate and afterwards, we keep seeing the the liberals try to tell Republicans the debate is over. No, like or the the, the primary is, is over. over. Republicans will decide when our primary is over. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they they just they keep wanting to just end the conversation there. They're like, oh, Trump Trump had the best night, even though he wasn't there. Nobody else shined. Nobody made nobody made a name for themselves. They you literally had John Calder one day. It's like I don't think anybody gained anything from this or any of the other candidates. Like, well, I who think are that- you. It's it's literally less than an hour after the debate. <laughs> how are you going to be able to say nobody rose or fell from the debate? Yeah. You're not the one to say it. Republicans are. You're you're not who this debate is for, John Carl. Yeah, you'll. You, he actually said uh, in the morning, as Alex Christie reported. We got to see a world, maybe it's a fantasy land, a, a world where Trump was not a candidate just for a moment. And then you realize we don't live in that world. So he wants to say, well, the debate was substantive and stuff, but, you know, it doesn't end up mattering. On CBS, John Dickerson said the debate felt like a job interview in which there is already an internal candidate. In other words, the interviews take place. All the motions are gone through, but the person's already been picked. no. The person hasn't already been picked. It's August of 2023. The first caucus is in January. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, that's exactly what we're saying. It's Republicans will decide when our candidate is picked. Nobody else. This this is the other thing too, where you had even some candidates like Asa Hutchins, who was uh, H. Hutchinson, who was on MSNBC uh, before the Iowa t- uh, fair, who was one complaining about having to go to the Iowa fair, <laughs> and then you had um, actually I'm, I'm getting some people mixed up. Uh, Will Hurd was on the View. This is what I'm thinking about. Will Hurd was on the View and basically com- de- wanting. Uh, there to be open primaries who he didn't even make the debate stage right he, he wanted there to be open primaries in all states so he could do better so it, it's it's like <laughs> i want guys, democrats to come in and vote for me exactly so i look better that, that's the that's the ridiculousness of open primaries it's republicans a private organization trying to pick who we're putting up for for uh rep- for, for our nominee for to run for president that's why you have like the like it's really weird when you have like the Jonah Goldbergs of the world out there being like, oh, it's really it's it's bad for democracy that small dollar donors are giving to campaigns. It's like, oh, you you don't like the people that this was the same week. It was literally like the same couple of days that Richmond North of Richmond was coming out, and he, he's out there on CNN saying like small dollar donors shouldn't be allowed to like give money because they're they're quote unquote bad for democracy. Well, if Will Hurd got some Democrats to come in and vote for him, he might go from 0.2% to 1.2%. I mean, that's it, it, just kind of silly. Now, yeah. the other things that, uh, that uh, Fox did that we could at least go, 
what was that about exactly? Because oh, yeah. I thought the abortion question really leaned hard into how the Democrats have won all the referendums in mm-hmm. the off year. Um, obviously, that Dobbs decision had an impact on the 2022 midterms. That's that's hard to refute. But at least mm-hmm. they could have asked, uh, you know, what do, what do Republicans do to turn around the trend? Uh, now, the answers were great. You know, Nikki Haley oh, yeah. has that habit of always saying, oh, you're asking about a six-week ban. You know, wouldn't it be nice if the media asked the Democrats, what, how many weeks is too late, 38 weeks, 39 weeks? Mm-hmm. And they don't do that. And that's where it's like, you know, Fox here is hammering on the six weeks, which sounds like the other ones. But the other one, obviously the UFO question was the worst. Nobody needs to be asked about UFOs. But the question about climate also kind of sounded like it came from CNN. Just, uh, you know, first the anchors both talk about, they tied Hurricane Hillary and the Maui fires to climate. Then they turned to the the a, a parent, young conservative voter, who asks about, you got to reassure the young people that climate's a big issue. Let's listen. Polls consistently show that young people's number one issue is climate change. How will you, as both President of the United States and leader of the Republican Party, calm their fears that the Republican Party doesn't care about climate change? So actually, if he says that this is consistently the number one issue for young voters, well, no. Tufts did a poll of young voters in 2022 and asked what their top issues were. Inflation and gas prices, 41%. Abortion, 29%. Jobs and wages, 25%. Coming in number four, climate at 23%. And yes, that's probably higher than if you go out to people of all ages. Climate is generally low on the list in terms of people's priorities. Yeah, and I, I one, of the, one of the reasons why I think that Yaf even picked this question, and it might be... be I do think that there are a lot of people who young people who think or are concerned about this, especially like in the younger, like Gen Gen Z ones, like as a millennial, there was like, I'm a millennial. There's like a lot of us that believe that not, not quite me, but like, I know a, a lot of young people are like super, like they, they've been having, they had it pounded into their heads, like all through elementary school, high school as they're coming up. And like, they're, they're literally deathly afraid of this for, for the ones that it is their top issue. Well, I mean, if but, you, yeah, yeah, if you've been scared into the idea exactly. that we're all going to die in 10 10 years you're going to be like but wait i'm 22 yeah and i think that's sort of like what the kid was trying to get them to talk about being like Let, let's try to tap this 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 high strung high tight wound energy but at the same time it's sort of like this really isn't who who the general base is and one idea that i did have for like people who do rank climate as a concern for them as one of their top concerns it may not be that they're afraid that the climate is getting warmer or getting worse it the, the, they could be more concerned about climate as an issue because of everything that stems from it when it term, in terms of like leftist liberal policies climate of, crackdowns yeah like the climate cri- the climate crackdown stuff of like oh the the moving to electric vehicles or de- the, the quote decarbonization of our economy and all the things that all the bad things that come from that losing jobs losing innovations and and, and all this other stuff the climate can be an issue for, a top issue for them but it's more of like a reactionary of like, oh, the, 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 the knee-jerk, oppressive, almost like the communist-esque uh, crackdown on people and their freedoms for the sake of climate is to them the climate issue, is, yeah. is the reaction. I, that's a good point. I think that obviously it's like the same people who say I'm concerned about abortion. That's people who, are, who really want to have their abortions when they need them. Mm-hmm. 
And they're the people who think abortion is a terrible murder thing that we've got to stop. Exactly. Uh, Again, the Republican answers on these questions were perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. But the and question, it, eh. it, it's 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 sort of similar to like what I've talked about before. When you see somebody like a candidate's negative or disapproval rating, because you're going to have people who just don't like the candidate, but also people on their own side who don't think they're going far enough. So they will also be into the negative range, even though they might vote for them eventually. They just don't think they're going far enough oh, in the policies they like. There's no question that when it comes to climate, the liberal media will have a tendency to set up a debate, and the debate is between. Biden says he's doing something, and all the people that are blocking the highways and and vandalizing the paintings who say he can't possibly do enough. So that's that's their idea of two sides. Uh, the uh, wh- th- this came up. It was interesting because on CBS they asked Nikki Haley about uh, is Trump dangerous to democracy. Started talking about voter ID. They didn't have a question about election integrity or voting rights. Um, which was, of course, the hot Democrat issue of 2021. That did not come up in the debate. That, that was something that people have noticed, that there wasn't a, a, a question about the election integrity issue. I think a lot of people would like to hear that more. Uh, we have the Fox Business debate coming uh, next month. Right. So maybe uh, Fox getting some feedback from that, they can uh, re- redo some of like uh, add that into their rotation of questions because they were able to get through a lot of stuff uh, this week and it, just, it's yeah it, it's interesting that like because DeCopa was like really pressing Nikki on that too it's just like is, is she wanted him to she he wanted her to say that Trump was a threat to democracy which is just wanting her to reaffirm their narrative I yeah. just watch these interviews Nick and I think mm-hmm. to myself it's just the same way when we see Republicans interviewed in general uh, except maybe Will Hurd's interview on the Jen Psaki show on Sunday was, mm. was pleasant. But generally, a Republican has to go into these enterprises and expect they're going to get hammered. Nikki Haley yeah. knew what she was getting into. And just, you know, Joe Biden never has that. You know, Megan Kelly was tweeting this week. She really wanted to get a Joe Biden interview. And I tweeted over it. I was like, they're afraid of putting Joe F- Biden in front of a soft touch at PBS. They did that. And, and Kamala Harris, I mean, when Biden and Harris have gotten interviews during this mm-hmm. presidency, they're just, they yeah, just don't get any hardballs. Yeah, you had, you had uh, Biden on with Nicole Wallace, for crying out loud. Right. I mean, we all made fun of the way he exited, but that was the fact that he was tough. Yeah, the fact that he was there, and we we talked about we've talked about this before, but it's it's you, and you've brought this up. It's that this this shows like at least the liberal response shows you that Republicans don't need to be handing over rep- Republican debates to liberal outlets. No question. I yeah, this I think is uh, you know I think people could be satisfied that this was a serious debate on issues, and yes, some of the questions I didn't love. Um, clearly, you could say this: these weren't all right-wing questions. When generally, when when you e- end up at ABC, there's going to be a ton of questions from the left going mm-hmm. after the Republicans. So, yes, we need a debate on Newsmax. We need a debate on you know, with uh, Brent Bozell. No, but I mean, it's just all kinds of yeah. outlets. Daily Wire, as we mentioned, Daily you know, Call- there's yeah, Daily Wire, Daily Caller, um, Breitbart, etc. Yeah, yeah, ex- yeah. You could you could have a debate with any number of conservative websites and networks. There's no reason for them to go outside, you know, except they're going to say, oh, but the reach you'll get. No, you're going to, you're, you're basically walking into a fight. 
Exactly. Why would you? That's just not necessary. The same way that it, Trump's it, like, why would I show up at this debate when they all have it in for me? Well, the whole field should know. You go on CNN, they have their they're in for all of it. Exactly. It's 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 Republican debates for Republican primary. You should be going. They they should go to places where it Republicans prefer to watch where they get their news from where they're especially because like with a lot of these like the D daily wire daily caller they're online now so it's you're going around the media filter on tv now if you like, want to look at the other side and the way this goes we'll just end by reminding you of the ridiculous cnbc debate in 2015 with john harwood and his oh, team of assassins uh so when you want to see in a breaking news event mug shots debates we're here we're on the money. We got uh, the Nick the Night Train, Kevin Tober, <laughs> got Alex Christie in the morning, and next week again, back to Curtis Houck tweeting yeah. out the briefing. There wasn't any briefings, I think. Like, they all took a. I don't think so. They yeah. don't have briefings because Curtis is missing. They, they heard he was on his honeymoon, and they're like, we'll, give, we'll, we'll just give it a break for a week. But for all of these things, you come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.